Vitor Belfort was absolutely terrifying. The Brazilian fighter lived up to his nickname, the Phenom, by winning the UFC 12 heavyweight tournament at the age of 19 and the UFC light heavyweight championship seven years later. Most of his offense involved him rushing through his opponents like a bull, which made for many memorable moments. But his career came with a lot of controversy in regards to his use of testosterone replacement therapy, otherwise known as TRT. So how good was Vitor Belfort actually? Hey guys, it's Keon, and today we're going to be talking about Vitor the Phenom Belfort. This is a video I wanted to do for a while, because Vitor truly had a polarizing career. He was an exciting prospect early on who accomplished many things. And as much as he did the same in his career resurgence, that came with a very important look on performance enhancing drugs and practices. So in this video, we're going to take a look at his MMA career to really understand how good he was. But before we get to it, as always, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video. But even the interim members get early access to my videos and video to the Keon Kamara podcast, which you could also listen to for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and and SoundCloud. And every month, the money goes to charity. This month, we donated to the Ronald McDonald House charity in Toronto. And what they do is provide a home for families who have seriously ill children that are undergoing treatment. So thank you to all the members of my Patreon for the continued support. And if you want to join, all the info will be down below. Also, make sure you check out my training session with Kung Lee. I look like a fool, but it was fun. And make sure to follow Kung Lee's YouTube page where he gives more tips and tricks for fighting. Now let's get to it. Vitor Belfort began his MMA career on October 11th, 1996 at the age of 19. He trained in boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. After knocking out John Hess in 12 seconds in his pro debut, Vitor entered the UFC 12 heavyweight tournament. In the semifinals, he fought Tra Taligma. Vitor was the first to attack by rushing in with a barrage of punches before clinching Tra against the cage. He separated once more to throw another barrage of punches. This time, Tra got rocked, and eventually he dropped to the mat where Vitor threw punches and elbows before Big John stepped in. He advanced to the finals to fight Scott Ferrazzo. Vitor dropped Scott early with a left hand and eventually got a hold of his back where he finished the fight with punches, making him the UFC 12 heavyweight tournament winner. Four months later, he fought Tank Abbott in a non-tournament bout. Vitor immediately secured the takedown and tried to lock up an arm, but Tank reversed the position and decided to bring the fight back up, which was a bad idea as Vitor connected with big punches that dropped Tank. He threw more ground and pound before Big John stepped in. The fight lasted 52 seconds. At UFC 15, Vitor fought UFC 13 heavyweight tournament winner, Randy Couture. The fight was to determine the number one contender. Although Vitor looked good early by coming out aggressive on the feet, connecting in the clinch, and ripping Randy's shorts on the takedown attempt. Couture survived this early onslaught which led to Vitor's first time being taken down. From there he battered him with punches and overall top control. Vitor eventually got back up but was exhausted. The two clinched once again but this time it was Randy who was landing the better shots. Eventually Vitor fell to the mat where he ate more punches that forced Big John to step in, handing him his first pro loss. Two months later Vitor fought Joe Charles. Despite Joe being much bigger, Vitor took him down where he tried to secure a key lock and a rear naked choke. He eventually locked in the armbar that forced a tap. 11 months later Vitor fought in his home country of Brazil against Vanderlei Silva. This fight marked his debut at light heavyweight, and he looked good as it took Vitor 44 seconds to connect with a barrage of punches that finished Silva. Following this victory, he joined Pride FC and made his debut on April 29th, 1999. His opponent was UFC Ultimate Japan heavyweight tournament winner, Kazushi Sakuraba. Vitor looked good early by securing a takedown which led to big shots from above, but somehow Sakuraba survived and secured a takedown of his own where he threw ground and pound. By the time the fight got back up, Vitor was exhausted and began to get picked apart on the feet. He tried to bring the action down to the ground by pulling guard, but Sakuraba wasn't biting. After two 10-minute rounds, Vitor lost the fight by unanimous decision. At Pride 9, he fought Gilbert Ival. Vitor immediately knocked down Gilbert and spent the remainder on the floor throwing punches. When the fight did get back up, Vitor would immediately go for the takedown and continue the ground and pound. After 20 minutes, he won the fight by unanimous decision. Three months later, Vitor fought Dejiro Matsui. After spending some time circling around, Matsui shot for the takedown, but that got stuffed immediately which led to big punches from Vitor. In the second, it was Vitor who 
Yoru secured the takedown, which led to more punches from above. Once again, he won by unanimous decision. After this win, Vitor fought Bobby Southworth. Bobby got taken down and was finished in the first round by a rear naked choke. His next opponent was at Pride 14 against Heath Herring, who was much larger. And that showed as even though Vitor secured the takedown early, he got reversed and ate some big shots. But then he did the same to Herring. The rest of the fight saw both men going back and forth for top position. It was a very competitive fight that ultimately went to Vitor after 15 minutes. After this victory, he returned to the UFC to fight Chuck Liddell. Although Vitor secured a couple of takedowns early, Chuck got back up and kept the action on the feet where he was finding success, especially with the leg kicks. By the third round, the two were trading back and forth with one exchange knocking Vitor down. And with Chuck ending the fight on top, he ultimately won the fight by unanimous decision. At UFC 43, Vitor fought Marvin Eastman. It took him 67 seconds to knock down Marvin with a big knee before finishing him on the ground with more punches. And Marvin received a cut on his face which I consider as one of the nastiest in MMA history. This win earned Vitor a shot at the title against light heavyweight champ Randy Couture, making it their second meeting. Now the circumstances for Vitor were extra difficult going into this fight as his sister Priscilla Belfort disappeared on January 9th, 2004, 22 days prior to the bout. But Vitor quickly connected with a left hand that opened up a cut on Randy's eye. The doctor called off the fight and Vitor Belfort became the new UFC light heavyweight champion. His first title defense was six and a half months later in a third matchup with Randy Couture. Randy was dominant with his pressure, dirty boxing, takedowns, and ground and pound. The most offense from Vitor was when he attacked with an armbar off his back. But overall, he was getting busted up which led to a big cut over his right eyebrow. This forced the doctor to stop the fight going into round three, making Randy the champion once again. At UFC 51, Vitor fought former UFC light heavyweight champion, Tito Ortiz. Although Vitor looked good on the feet early and seemed moments away from finishing the fight, Tito survived and secured a takedown which led to ground and pound. Round two was a much better round for Vitor who denied Tito's initial takedown attempt by attacking with a guillotine. Although he didn't lock it in, he got on top which led to heavy shots. But Tito closed the round with a takedown and ground and pound of his own. And that continued throughout the third as Vitor was exhausted by this point. After three rounds, Tito won by split decision. On April 23rd, 2005, Vitor went back to Pride to fight Alistair Overeem. It was a competitive fight that saw both men connect on the feet, take each other down, and throw ground and pound. But it was Overeem who was on top for most of the fight, which forced a few armbar attempts from Vitor off his back. But by the end of the first, Overeem connected with a knee and a right hand. Vitor went down and began eating big shots. He went in for a desperation takedown which led to a guillotine choke that forced a tap. After this three-fight losing streak, Vitor went to London, England to fight in cage rage. His opponent was Anthony Rea. Vitor displayed some nice jiu-jitsu in this fight by attempting a guillotine early on which looked tight. But Anthony got out and ended up on top. And then Vitor reversed the position with an omoplata. This led to another guillotine attempt. Even on the feet, he was the aggressor, which led to a beautiful uppercut that knocked Anthony out. Six months later, Vitor made his strike force debut in a rematch against Alistair Overeem. The bout was held at a catchweight of 210 pounds. Vitor looked good early in this fight with his striking and grappling. That continued in the second when he took the fight down early in the round. But Overeem got back up and began to pressure forward, which began to change the momentum as Vitor was slowing down. Alistair continued to attack both on the feet and on the ground until the end of the fight, which he won by unanimous decision. One month later, Vitor went back to Pride to fight Kazuyo Takahashi. It took him 36 seconds to connect with a big left hand that knocked Kazuyo out. At Pride 32, Vitor fought Pride welterweight champion Dan Henderson, who moved up for this bout. And Dan looked good as he came forward and secured many takedowns, which led to ground and pound. And although Vitor did reverse the position a few times, connect with shots of his own, and try to lock up a leg, Dan asserted his dominance even more and also continued that pace on the feet. After 15 minutes, Henderson won by unanimous decision. To make matters worse, Vitor tested positive for elevated testosterone. His defense was that he received the banned substance from his doctor to rehab from surgery. Regardless, the Nevada State Athletic Commission suspended him for 9 months and fined him $10,000. So Vitor went back to England as he was able to fight there. On April 21st, 2007, he fought Ivan Cerati. The two 
traded on the feet before Vitor brought the fight down where he finished it with ground and pound. His next fight was for the Cage Rage Light Heavyweight Championship. Vitor's opponent was James Dickich. And James gave him a good fight as he rocked him early with punches and secured a takedown in round 2. And despite Vitor going into this fight with a broken hand, he was more aggressive with his grappling as he took the fight down multiple times, threw ground and pound and tried to lock up a Kimura. After 3 rounds he won by unanimous decision to become the Cage Rage Light Heavyweight Champion. After these wins Vitor went back to the US where he joined a new MMA promotion called Affliction. On their first card he fought Terry Martin, which was also Vitor's debut at middleweight. Although Terry was controlling the ring for most of the fight by pressing forward while on the feet and securing the only takedown of the fight, Vitor needed only a couple of punches to knock Terry out cold. On Affliction's second event he fought Matt Linland. It took Vitor 37 seconds to finish the fight with a big left hand followed by ground and pound. Matt was out cold. Following these wins Vitor went back to the UFC. On September 19, 2009 he fought former UFC middleweight champion Rich Franklin and Vitor won the fight in the first three minutes by landing a big right hand followed by ground and pound. Now this was one of the best runs of Vitor's career and this set him up for a shot at the middleweight title against champion Anderson Silva. Despite Vitor being a serious threat with his research knockout power, he got dropped with a front kick in the first round which led to punches that ended the fight. Six months later he fought Yoshihiro Akiyama and Vitor was back to his knockout ways by finishing Akiyama in the first with a big left hand and ground and pound. At UFC 142 he fought Anthony Johnson and the fight went down in Rio de Janeiro Brazil, more than 13 years since UFC Brazil. The bout was held at a catch weight of 197 pounds after Johnson missed weight and Anthony looked good early by pressing forward, connecting on the feet, securing takedowns and throwing ground and pound. But once Vitor denied the takedown he got a hold of Johnson's back. This led to a rear naked choke that forced a tap, making it Vitor's first submission win in over 10 years. He went on to become a coach for the Ultimate Fighter Brazil opposite former opponent Vanderlei Silva. Although he was supposed to fight Silva at UFC 147, Vitor ended up taking a short notice title fight against UFC light heavyweight champion John Jones. And that bout went down at UFC 152, which I was there for in person. Although John was the heavy favorite going into this fight, Vitor secured an armbar off his back which looked so close to ending the fight. But John got out and would go on to dominate Vitor before finishing him in the fourth with an Americana. Regardless, this was the most trouble Jones had been in so far in his MMA career. Vitor went back to middleweight after this fight to face Michael Bisping. Now this was a big fight for Michael as if he won, he would have gotten a shot at the middleweight title. But Vitor spoiled that plan by connecting with a head kick and punches in the second round that ended the fight. That kick was also responsible for detaching Michael Bisping's retina, which caused loss of vision in his right eye. On May 18, 2013, Vitor fought former Strikeforce middleweight champion Luke Rockhold, who was making his debut with the UFC and was seen as a favorite to win. And although Luke was the expert in kicking, it was Vitor who connected with a spinning back kick to his head. This sent Rockhold to the mat where he was finished by more punches. This impressive win made Vitor the clear number one contender to fight Anderson Silva. But Silva lost the belt to Chris Weidman, which led to an immediate rematch. And that meant Vitor was going to wait for that fight to conclude. But in the meantime, he moved up to 205 to fight Dan Henderson for a second time. Vitor connected with an uppercut early that dropped Dan. And as he tried to get back up, Vitor landed a head kick that knocked him out, making it the first time Dan Henderson lost a fight by strikes. Vitor's career resurgence truly made waves in the MMA world. And those waves got even bigger prior to his fight with middleweight champion Chris Weidman. A matchup that took a while to finally happen as Weidman pulled out a couple of times due to injury. But the bigger controversy was from Vitor who pulled out initially due to the Nevada State Athletic Commission's ban on TRT, which stands for Testosterone Replacement Therapy, and Vitor got an exemption for its use during his three-fight winning streak, which all took place in Brazil. But Las Vegas, where the fight was going to take place, would not allow it. Yes, this is something the commission suspended Vitor for back in 2006. But this situation was different as Vitor was now one of the best fighters in the world, which is a narrative that normally wouldn't happen for a 36-year-old man. But with TRT, Vitor benefited with the increases of energy, muscle, bone density, strength, and stamina. Mix this with his 17 years of experience and it was no wonder why he became a dominant force. So on February 21st, 
27, 2014, TRT was banned by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And furthermore, it was banned by the UFC when they held events overseas with no commission. So even if they went to Brazil, Vitor was out of luck. Regardless, he fought for the championship at UFC 187 in Las Vegas against Chris Weidman. And Vitor looked good from the start as he connected with a barrage of punches that hurt Chris. But Weidman survived and eventually secured a takedown. This led to Vitor getting mounted where he ate heavy ground and pound that forced Herb Dean to step in. Following this defeat, he fought Dan Henderson for a third time. And once again, it was another first round finish by Vitor via head kick and punches. At UFC 198, he fought former Strike Force middleweight champion, Ronaldo Jacare Souza. Vitor got taken down by Jacare where he got finished by ground and pound. Five months later, he fought former Strike Force light heavyweight champion, Gegard Musasi. Vitor was finished in the second round by head kick and punches. On March 11th, 2017, he fought Kelvin Gastelum. Although Vitor got finished in the first round via punches, the decision was later overturned to a no contest as Kelvin tested positive for marijuana metabolites. At UFC 212, Vitor fought former Strike Force welterweight champion, Nate Marquardt. For three rounds, the two traded on the feet. But as the fight went on, Nate began to fatigue, which caused the momentum to sway Vitor's way. After 15 minutes, Vitor won by unanimous decision. A year later, he fought former UFC light heavyweight champion, Lyoto Machida. Machida finished the fight in the second round with a front kick that knocked Vitor out cold. After this defeat, Vitor announced his retirement from MMA competition. But then seven months later, he decided to come back. In March of 2019, he signed with 1FC. And although he was supposed to make his debut in April of 2020, it hasn't happened, but that's mostly due to COVID-19. Regardless, nowadays Vitor has been seen looking more chiseled, which many speculate as the return of TRT Vitor. So after going 26-14 with one no contest in a career that saw him become the UFC light heavyweight champion, UFC 12 heavyweight tournament winner, and Cage Rage light heavyweight champion, how good was Vitor Belfort actually? I'll be honest, his career is one that was very difficult to score, because as much greatness as he attained, it also came with a lot of controversy. But I do believe this controversy was very important and very necessary for the sport's growth. After all, Vitor didn't really break any rules with TRT. Multiple fighters were given TRT exemptions by state commissions, as doctors believed this would be the viable solution for MMA fighters in their 30s who are more susceptible to low testosterone levels. But Vitor was the fighter that made everyone realize how much of an advantage this was, and that's because as a fighter, he was truly talented. People automatically think that banned substances help a fighter become better. And while they do give a competitive edge, it doesn't develop skill. This is one of those situations where I say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Because before USADA came around, drug testing was very lenient. Remember when Nick Diaz said everyone was on steroids? I honestly can't confirm or deny that. But that itself should tell you how much drug testing was not much of a factor in comparison to today. And most of that changed because of Vitor's incredible run in 2013. Because he was looking like his 19-year-old self by finishing his opponent in brutal fashion, which at the time not only made him the youngest UFC tournament winner, but an exciting prospect for the sport as a whole. He was a deadly striker who would throw a barrage of punches until his opponent couldn't take anymore. But as he matured, so did his fighting style. Instead of looking for the knockout immediately, as that usually drained his energy if he didn't finish, Vitor began to take more of a grappling approach by securing takedowns, throwing ground and pound, and attempting submissions. But the devastating first round finishes came back shortly after, and I think that contrast in his career is the reason why his case with TRT was a big deal. Now when Vitor tested positive for elevated testosterone in 2006, his reason was because his doctor gave him the injections to help with his torn meniscus. Then when he admitted he was on TRT, it was because the doctor said he had low testosterone, thus giving him an exemption. What I'm trying to get at is that doctor's orders were out of control back in the day. And I understand they're the pros at what they do, but TRT for fighters proved to be a serious loophole in the system as it could easily be abused. Doctors and commissions probably thought it would even out the playing field, but instead it gave unfair advantages, increase in speed, strength, and energy. But the biggest advantage was having all of this with years of experience 
experience under your belt, and that was definitely VTOUR. And in a sport where fighter pay is low and knockouts get the most attention, I could definitely see why fighters did testosterone replacement therapy. VTOUR said he began TRT around the Anderson Silva fight. Regardless, from that fight to when it got banned before his matchup with Chris Weidman, VTOUR became one of the scariest fighters in MMA. I mean, his only two losses during that run was to Anderson Silva and John Jones. And those are guys who are not only considered as the greatest in the sport, but they too would fail drug tests during their career. Nick Diaz is starting to make a lot of sense. And if that's the case, then I accept it as part of the sport's history. In fact, many fighters that I covered on this channel tested positive for something, or were rumored to be on something. But I still recognize their accomplishments and impact on the sport, which would otherwise be written off if we don't acknowledge fighters who fail drug tests. Because in the end of the day, there is no clear proof that Vitor was using TRT to knowingly gain an advantage. He was a fighter like many that listened to their doctors and the commissions during a time when the rules weren't solid. And I know you're probably wondering, what about fighters who were clean? My answer is that I hold them to an even greater level, especially when it comes to the greatest of all time conversation. After all, a clean fighter going up against one who's doping is very dangerous. Just ask Michael Bisping. Now I know that was a lot of info about drug testing and not so much about Vitor, but like I said, this truly all stems from him. And as much as it sucks that he became somewhat of a poster boy for PEDs and drug testing, it was a much needed moment for the sport. Regardless, I can't deny how entertaining Vitor was as a fighter. He truly shined as a first round finisher by going all out from the start, which has led to 13 first round finishes in the UFC. And as of right now, that's still the record. And he holds the UFC record for most knockouts at 12. He also carried a lot of power in his left hand and left leg, making him one of the scariest fighters to face. I mean, beating a young Vanderlei Silva is a big deal. And I'd also like to add that he was the smaller fighter for many of his fights. There was a time, especially in Pride, where Vitor would grapple more than strike. And I actually enjoyed it as he was never afraid to go for the submission. And his ground and pound was also very brutal. He captured the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship at UFC 46 and was very close to doing so at UFC 152. I mean, imagine if he secured that armbar and defeated John Jones. That would have changed everything. But even if that didn't happen, Vitor was around from UFC 12 to UFC 224. That's absolutely insane. And during that time, he gained quite the following. That's why I would give his MMA career an 8.5 out of 10. In fact, his fame is huge in Brazil. And I credit him for being a reason the sport became so popular there. I remember in one of his post-fight interviews, he declared that MMA would surpass soccer in Brazil, which is a huge statement to make, but one I could tell he truly believed in. And with all the Brazilian talent that we've seen over the years, I can't help but to think that Vitor Belfort was an inspiration to many of them. My name is Keon, and this is my take on how good Vitor Belfort actually was. You agree, disagree, or have something else to add? Please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's a lot for now, so I'll see you on my next one.